Welcome. This is Nurturing the Heart of Family Practice, and I'm your host, Gail Brecky. Today, we examine another assumption that we tend to make about healthcare. We examine assumptions so that we can understand why the reforms and all of the efforts to improve primary care financing and delivery don't seem to work and don't seem to make things better. This foundational understanding is needed in order to see where direct primary care comes into play and how DPC solves so many of the problems that we have in the healthcare system. Before we jump into this topic, I would like to thank you for listening. I appreciate your support as I get this podcast going. Please do consider signing up for my Primary Care Mindset newsletter. There will be a link in the show notes where you can subscribe or you can email me at hello at primarycaremindset.com. Let's jump into today's topic. Family medicine, it's the foundation of the healthcare system as we know it. But the system itself is in bad health. It needs to be changed from the bottom up. This podcast is dedicated to restoring you and your profession to the proper role, enjoying being a physician, serving your patients at the highest possible level, and doing it with direct primary care. This is Nurturing the Heart of the Family Practice with Gail Brecky. Welcome. This is Nurturing the Heart of Family Practice, and I am your host, Gail Brecky. Today, we examine another assumption that we tend to make about healthcare. We do this so that we can understand why the reforms, why all of the efforts to improve primary care financing and delivery, why everything that we try doesn't seem to work and doesn't seem to make things better. This foundational understanding is needed in order to see where direct primary care comes into play and how direct primary care solves so many of the problems that we have in the healthcare system. Before we jump into this topic, I would like to thank you for listening. I am a beginning podcaster and I appreciate the leeway that you continue to give me as I get better at delivering these important topics, as I get better at podcasting. And please do consider signing up for my primary care mindset newsletter. There will be a link in the show notes where you can subscribe or you can email me at hello at primarycaremindset.com. Let's jump into today's topic. I've been paying attention to the healthcare system for many years, and it has struck me a long time ago that it just doesn't work very well. And as an actuary, as somebody who's curious, as somebody who wants to make things better for other people, I want to make healthcare better. Um, I want everybody who works in healthcare to be happier with what they're doing. I want things to work better. And I just feel like it is a fundamental aspect of our lives that we are going to need healthcare at some point. So we want the system to be working well so that we can thrive in the rest of our lives so that we have options and we have good health and we have good choices that are affordable to take care of us when we do need some kind of medical care. But I just feel like the system doesn't work very well and that's why I became more interested in it many years ago and started paying more attention to it and uh, subsequently have been studying the healthcare system. So today I want to take another example of a way we think about healthcare that we should consider thinking about differently. Um, it's another aspect of how we think about healthcare that doesn't 
comport with reality. It's not a very productive um, way of thinking about things. And that is the notion that healthcare has to be top down. It has to be a system. We have to think about it as a system. We have to have more rules, more laws, more regulations to make it work better. And I would propose to you that perhaps that's wrong. And More specifically, perhaps that's upside down. Top-down reforms don't seem to actually improve things. They don't turn out the way the proponents of the reform said they would. And they tend to be full of unintended consequences that make something else worse. Even if there was an improvement for a portion of the population, a lot of other people probably are worse off. So I say that as an introduction um, to this concept of top-down versus bottom-up, and direct primary care is really the premier example of bottom-up. It restores the foundation of healthcare to something that works, and it's about the doctor-patient relationship. And we hear so much uh, lip service paid to the notion of doctor-patient relationship, to the notion of primary care, but direct primary care physicians are really doing it. They're really showing that this is the way that works better. This is the way that allows them to do what they're trained to do, what they want to do. I want to share with you today an example of top-down versus bottom-up. It's not specific to primary care, but it's an illustration of how the top-down thinking or the top-down approach to solving a problem doesn't actually work very well. But we have a bottom-up way of thinking about this problem or working on this problem. In this particular case anyway, I will hopefully convince you that bottom-up is effective where top-down is not. So the example that I want to talk through today of top-down versus bottom-up approaches to a problem relate to the problem of hospital price transparency. The transparency movement, if you will, um, has been around a long time. People have noticed and people have been drawing attention to the fact that hospitals don't generally disclose their prices. It's very difficult to get the price for something at a hospital, say a procedure, ahead of time and to know that this is how much this costs. And so a top-down approach is heavy on the notion that bureaucrats and regulators and people sitting in tall office buildings in Washington, D.C. are the ones that need to set all the rules and do all the micromanaging so that everything turns out right. A top-down focus leaves very little room for the primary care physician and the patient to have any say in what the right thing is for that patient. So essentially, direct primary care is the antithesis of a top-down notion of how healthcare should be run or how decisions should be made in healthcare. So the example that I want to go through relates to the issue of hospital prices. So back in the Trump presidency, he signed an executive order that mandated that hospitals report in a certain format, in a certain way, on a website, the prices for a few hundred procedures. So the idea is that prices are not transparent and patients, doctors, others 
can't make a fully informed decision about treatment if they don't have access to prices, if they don't have any way of finding out before they have a procedure how much it's going to cost them. President Trump signed an executive order that went into effect January of 2021, in which hospitals were required by penalty of law to post their prices for a certain set of procedures in a format that consumers could access and understand. The results of that have been dismal. Numerous studies have come out that show that many hospitals are not posting anything. They're not making any attempt at all to take seriously this mandate. Some hospitals are posting in a way that is so confusing that even healthcare data people can't make sense of the data, can't figure out how much a given procedure would cost for a given patient in a given hospital. I would say that this top-down approach to the problem of hospital price transparency has failed and hospitals are not complying. Patients can't understand the information. There's really not a strong enough penalty to cause hospitals to comply. And in my view, part of that is because a lot of patients don't have any incentive to actually find out or care how much a procedure will cost. Again, I would conclude by just observing this whole hospital price transparency executive order and how it is played out. I would conclude that this is a failure. This is not what we would consider a successful effort to get hospitals to post their prices. And even before we got to the point where we are now that some hospitals are complying, the very first thing that happened was lawsuits. Hospitals claiming that this was too difficult or for some other reason they couldn't do it, so they tried legal means to stop the executive order even from going into effect. That seems to me to suggest that perhaps hospitals really aren't interested in doing what patients are asking and what patients need in order to make an informed decision about some procedure. The contrasting example that I have for you regarding hospital prices from the bottom up is my own personal situation in which last year I had a an issue with my own health in which my doctor and I She happens to be a DPC doctor. I don't have traditional insurance. I have a health share and a direct primary care doctor. And my direct primary care doctor sent me over to a specialist to, you know, look at something. The specialist and my DPC doctor and I decided I should go ahead and have a procedure. So I'm essentially a self-pay patient. The way my health share works And the way I wanted to approach this, because I'm a researcher, because I'm curious about how the hospital will behave when I ask them about the procedure, when I ask what the price will be, when I go to schedule it, when I don't have traditional insurance, 
I'm coming over into the specialty office that's part of the hospital through a referral of my DPC doctor. I was very curious about how all of this was going to go. And so I wanted to be the person to call the hospital and get a price for the surgery and speak to the people that were going to schedule it and get everything arranged and all of that. And I'm super happy to report that the hospital was very accommodating. Um, When I called to get a price for the specific procedure I needed to have, they had a price at the ready. Um, They were prepared with a price. I think I've heard, um, and you probably have also heard, numerous examples and stories and complaints in the past of hospitals or any kind of healthcare facility that is unable to give a patient a price for something. A lot of times, you know, it seems like it's just a very strange question to them. They are not at all prepared to to tell you how much something will cost. And so I was very excited that the hospital, and this is a large academic center, a large academic medical center, they had a price at the ready. And what was even better, um, and probably the most exciting part of it for me as somebody who researches primary care and worries about how patients are going to get information. The most exciting part of it was they also made sure they told me how much less it was than what they normally charge. So I was super excited because that meant they were treating me as a customer. They knew I was looking at the price as as a customer, I was like somebody buying some other large purchase of, you know, big screen TV or some other technology or, you know, some purchase of, of a big enough size that people would pay attention to how much it is. Um, so that was wonderful to, to experience the Academic Medical Center and the way that they gave me the price and were treating me like a customer. And I was even happier when I compared the price they gave me with the price for the same surgery on the Surgery Center of Oklahoma's website, um, where they don't take insurance. They only work directly with patients or with health shares or, or other similar funding mechanisms, but they're not part of, they choose not to play the game of uh, network, you know, discounts and just all of the pricing shenanigans, if you will, that happen in other places. They choose to be very transparent, to set their price at the point where they're profitable, but they're trying to be low cost. They're trying to be very efficient. In my mind, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma behaves much more like a business in another part of the economy. They want to serve you well. They take your preferences, your concerns, your desires, your situation seriously, and they treat you as a customer. Um, And they want to provide very high quality, but very affordable as much as they can. They're not about fancy glass buildings or huge income or, you know, millions of dollars like big hospital CEOs make. They're just trying to serve their patients the best they can. So my bottom up example, in my view, is a very different result than the top down hospitals must disclose prices mandate from the president. They're about as opposite as they can be in a number of ways. My example is a bottom-up, me and my doctor working together, going into the system, going into a large 
medical center hospital, getting a price, getting a surgery. The surgery was great. I was treated well. I recovered quickly. I was very pleased with how the doctor treated me, how everything went. And add to that, that I was able to get a price. It was a good price. They treated me as a customer from the beginning. The actual mechanisms to do the payment and all of that was very easy. There weren't any hiccups there. And so I would say from my perspective, and of course I understand it's one example of one surgery in one hospital, so it's not conclusive. I'm sure other people have other kinds of experiences in other places. But from my perspective, comparing the two, the bottom-up solution or the bottom-up approach to the question of hospital prices could not have worked better. It could not have worked better what happened to me in my one specific example. Compare that on the flip side to a top-down approach to fix hospital price concerns or problems that hospitals don't make transparent prices for their procedures, I would say was a failure. It was not effective. Even with all of that power and strength of the federal government, the executive order to mandate that hospitals reveal their prices for a, you know, say 300 procedures in a way that patients can understand was a failure. Um, So this is hopefully food for thought for us as we move down the path of bringing our assumptions about healthcare to the forefront and bring them into our consciousness so we can look at them and ask ourselves, does this make sense? Does this really work? Is this helpful? Is this supportive of physicians and patients and what we're trying to accomplish with healthcare delivery? And so I would say that this example of hospital pricing might cause us to question whether the top-down approach is better than the bottom-up approach. And so just to connect it back to direct primary care, I would characterize direct primary care as being bottom-up, grassroots. It's physicians and patients working directly together. Sometimes there's an employer. Sometimes it's just the doctor and the patient. There's not an insurance company in the middle. There's not somebody looking over their shoulders saying, we're not going to pay for that. Just like with so many other goods and services, healthcare is a very personal interaction and every patient, every customer has different needs and preferences and priorities. Healthcare works well in a DPC model because it is a bottom-up model in which the doctor and patient are empowered to do what is right for that patient, and because it avoids top-down, one-size-fits-all rules and mandates. Let's continue questioning the usefulness of top-down rules and mandates in healthcare. Let's continue questioning how we have historically set up healthcare in this country so that we can keep the assumptions that make sense and work well and discard the others. This has been Nurturing the Heart of Family Practice. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to next time. Thank you for listening to the Nurturing the Heart of the Family Practice podcast. Our journey is just beginning. If you would like to connect with Gail Brecky and receive our Primary Care Mindset newsletter, send an email to hello at primarycaremindset.com. And be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast.
We'll see you next time on the Nurturing the Heart of the Family Practice podcast, changing healthcare from the bottom up.